ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the ASIAL Insider Podcaster. And today I am here with Marcus Tude, Director of the Taxable Payments Reporting System, an initiative of the Australian Tax Office, to talk about what exactly the TPRS is and the impact it may or may not have on security and surveillance and the investigations industry. Marcus, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. So what is the Taxable Payments Reporting System? So TPRS, as you mentioned, the Taxable Payments Reporting System is what they call a a third-party reporting regime. So we get third-party information and we use that with other data to make sure people are doing the right thing from a a tax and superannuation uh, perspective. So TPRS was first introduced in 2012. Uh, So as of 2012, the building and property and construction industry had to start recording payments they make to other people in that industry. Right. Uh, so the purpose of, of it is to make sure that we have visibility of the payments made to contractors. Okay. So you know things like cash in hand and and, and whatnot. Um, it it goes down to the whole the the whole thinking about a level playing field. So if someone is um, offering cash in hand, they're having a competitive advantage um, yep. because they may not be paying tax on that amount as well. Um, similarly, they they may not be um, getting the 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 employment uh, guarantees and employment um, benefits associated with it as well. Yeah. Because they're being used as contractors rather than employees. Okay. So I'm going to sound a little bit dumb here, but that's okay. This is a, a pool I'm used to swimming in. <laughs> um, the, the taxable payments reporting system, as I understand it, is an initiative designed to wipe out or minimise the black economy, which is unreported payments, cash payments, all that sort of stuff. But it's a voluntary system. Now, if I am engaging in cash payments, no one's dumb enough to not know that what they're doing is probably not the right thing. Why would I report it? Why would I engage with the taxable payments reporting system or the TPRS if I'm doing the wrong thing? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. You know, it's it's one of those philosophical things as well where um, – what you don't do also contributes to things that go against you. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I think one of the things around um, the TPRS is that it's part of the whole Black Economy Task Force and a whole, uh, whole number of things that we're doing across the, uh, the Commonwealth as well as the ATO. So Black Economy Task Force estimated that is much um, costing communities as much as $50 billion dollars. Wow. So, approximately eight eight point five billion in cash, and you know, understated uh, payments or understated income of ten to twenty billion, and GST about four billion or three point eight billion or so. So, those are big numbers. Yep. So, if you think about what that means, it means a community is missing out on vital public services. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it's easy when you're going through the motions of making sure that you know your business is surviving. And, yep. you know, all those things that go along with it that you, you tend to not see the, the, the broader impact. Yep. Um, you know, and it's one of those things as well that we, we see in the uh, property and construction industry and um, what we've been told in the, in the cleaning industry too is that people who are trying to do the right thing, if they see other people getting away with not doing the right thing, there's a tendency to go, well, I'm going to do that too. Yep. You know, so there's flow-on impacts of that. Yep. So... The, the point of this uni- this initiative, because this is something that the ATO sort of started making more noise about this year with regard to security surveillance and investigations, I mean, why start publicising it now? Because some people would see this as, and, and I'm using this as a very loose colloquial term, you know, some people might see this as the report that I'm going to rob a bank scheme. It's like, well, I know what I'm doing is not the right thing. Why would I ring up and report it? Like, why have you suddenly started 
choosing to, or why has, not you, but the ATO, why did the ATO say, okay, let's talk about the security surveillance and investigations market? Sure. As part of um, the Black Economy Task Force, uh, there was a, a number of uh, recommendations. So there's interim recommendations and the final ones. As part of the interim recommendations, uh, I think it was two years ago, uh, the Korean cleaning industry was identified as industries that um, have Black Economy type um, environment. So they were introduced where as of 1st of July last year, uh, companies or businesses that use contractors in uh, for the providing those services needed to start recording those payments. Uh, as part of the final package of the Black Economy Task Force recommendations, the um, security investigation and surveillance services, as well as road freight and IT uh, industries were also included. Uh, so they were included, all five of those expansion uh, industries of provision of services were introduced because through our work of the ATO, we found that um, contractors in those industries were non-compliant or, or considered high risk. So whether it be um, black economy activities, cash in hand, things of that nature. Yep. And so is this really designed around the idea of that perhaps a lot of people didn't understand that there was a framework through which they needed to be reporting those payments or they were they were carrying out the payments but weren't sure what to do with them or yeah it's there, there was no visibility i guess in the type of payments to contractors so you know if you're an employee um, you go PAYGW and that, that kind of environment, there's visibility of what's being paid, whether that's tax being taken out, et cetera. But in terms of the contractor um, environment, there was, we couldn't really tell um, what payments were made to contractors. So, you know, if someone doesn't report um, in their income, in their tax returns, that they got you know, thousands of dollars because of a job that paid cash in hand, um, we didn't have visibility of that. So when we did work in those certain industries, those industries um, seemed to be prevalent that activity. So it's an interesting question um, and difficulty I guess a lot of people have with TPRS is that there's two, two sides of it, right? There's that um, the businesses that need to report on the payments that they, yeah. they, they make and it's, all, it's on the other hand, what we're interested in is the information that we get on the contractors. So right. we, we don't, we're not looking to punish businesses, so to speak, um, outside of the reporting obligation. What we're um, asking uh, businesses to do is that they're better positioned to know what payments they make to contractors. Yep. So just to provide that information to us so that we can use it in, in you know, analytic, data and analytics and our engagement activities to make sure that people are either lodging a return, uh, not emitting income, and also uh, abiding by their GSC obligations. Right. So how does the, the TPRS differ from, because I imagine... If I'm a business and I've got a bunch of contractors, they give me invoices, I put that into zero or whatever it yep. may be, which goes into my standard accounting. Um, and then at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter, whatever it may be, that all goes out as um, finance that I've paid out to organisations. That just gets caught in the normal you know, financial to and fro from the organisation. How is the TPRS different from that normal accounting system? Oh, it's it's a great question. I I don't think it's um that different. You know, another one way to look at it is that we we're, we're kind of leveraging or trying to use the the natural activities you undertake running a business, and um, just asking you to provide us that information. So the information we require in a taxable payments annual report, which is the yearly report under TPRS, is basically all the information that you get from invoices anyway. So right. what we're saying to the businesses is that um, we're, we're not necessarily saying to businesses that you're doing the wrong thing, that you're paying cash. So it's not illegal to pay cash. Yep. 
all we're asking you to do is that um, that when you do pay a contractor, you just provide us the details of the payments. So, you know, it's just the, the amount you pay, the ABN of the contractor, uh, the address, the name, etc. Very, very simple, um, I guess, pieces of data that you already get from the invoice. Right. And so this is really just another compliance scheme that sits next to your normal financial accounting. So you, there's a, a, a paperwork or a framework that you have to go in and fill out? or Yeah. So there's a number of ways that you can uh, lodge a, a TPAR, the Taxable Payments Annual Report, is um, if you're already using a uh, BAS agent or bookkeeper or a tax professional, tax agent, uh, you can still keep them, get them to do that for you, to lodge on your behalf. Um, so that's just a normal everyday thing that you may do. If you do these things yourself, you can use the uh, business portal. Uh, if you use the business portal, what the business portal will do, it will take you to a um, new online a digital service that we've uh, created to, to assist the lodgement of this uh, in AT online services. So for, for sole traders and individuals, uh, if you go into MyGov and you go through uh, the, the income tax portion of, of MyGov, you, you'll see the option of a taxable payments annual report and you just lodge um, via that service. Okay, so this is starting to make more sense now. This isn't necessarily so much about, hey, we want you to dob yourself in. It's more about, here's a new compliance regime that you need to be doing, and a lot of people in the security investigations and surveillance industry probably don't realise that they're supposed to be filling out this paperwork. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so. And um, and I'll get to, to another uh, sort of... Uh, nuance to it, um, which yep. we call mixed services. But before I do that, um, a lot of uh, businesses already have software that they may be able to use anyway. So yep. check with your software provider whether it's TPAR ready as well, right? Uh, because it can use na- your natural systems to lodge it as well. So, so it might well be that you know, John Bigelow Security is legally filling out all of its paperwork that it thought that it had to under the, the normal finance reporting systems of here's my BAS, here's my PAYG, here's my income. I just wasn't doing the TPAR because I didn't know that I had to do it. But you're yeah. saying, no, no, no. Now, if you work in one of these industries, there is this extra thing that you you have to be doing. That's correct. That's correct. So as of first of July this year, you, you should be recording all the payments. Right. So um, from the first of July next year is when you start reporting like you you would naturally do with the, your, the other ATO reports and the cutoff date is 28th of August next year right so the um the now I've lost my train of thought I was trying to think about what that's right <laughs> so is this is this one of those things where ignorance is no excuse like if people are putting if if security companies investigations and surveillance people are putting in their their tax reports next year and there's no TPARs it's not it's going to be a case of no you should have known about this. Your your accountant should have known. Your bookkeeper should have known. You were yeah. meant to do this. Yeah, look, absolutely. We've tried our best to uh, focus these the first year with all these industries to um, educate and support everyone. If right. um, if you're not sure about your reporting requirements, um, I encourage you to go to ato.gov.au uh, backslash tpar. Uh, we've tried to make that uh, the anchor of all our information. So there's a whole host of information that can help you. But most definitely, your tax professional should know about this. One thing I will say is that um, our focus really is to try and educate people to, to come into the system in yep. the first instance. And we'll be doing uh, reminder letters, um, you know, and we've, we've already sent out awareness letters earlier this year to the people who are in the security investigative services industries to make them aware that they could fall into this. 
I guess where I lost my train of thought before yeah. was around um, your comment about if you're in that industry, like if you're in this industry, um, you have a reporting obligation. So yes, if you're in the industry and you use contractors, you'll have to report you know, based on the invoices and things like that. But the difference between the expansion of these next five um, industries to building and construction is the law is a little bit different. Building construction is basically if you're primarily in that industry and you do contractors, you have to lodge. Right. Whereas with these expansion ones, you have to um, only provide those services. Right. So as an example, um, I often use is an event manager. So I may cater, but also provide security. Yep. So um, if the security portion of it, you know, is a separate kind of payment, separate service um, that I paid for, um, technically I'm providing security services. Right. Um, so the, the next step of thinking is that the, there is an exemption so the exemption is if you uh, earn less than 10% from that, that service as your, part of your total GST turnover, then you're exempt from it. So right. basically what we're trying to do is that you know, if it's just a small part of your business, yep. right, we don't want to, to bother you with this. But yep. if it's a you know, substantial part of what your operating model is, yep. we, we, we want you to be part of the system and provide us that information. So what if I'm a, uh, a live venue, like a, a nightclub or a retail environment where, you know, I have my own in-house security team, but, you know, they're a very small part of what I do, but within my own in-house security team, I have a couple of contractors that work for me on a contract basis. Yep. That threshold is less than 10% of my G- GST, then, so yeah, that's a great that's a great question. So the the thing with the TPRs is when you use a contractor to do something on your behalf. So yep. if you are hiring a contractor to work for you, you're you're not in part of the regime. So if if I'm hiring a contractor for security for my own establishment, yep, I'm not actually using the security to on sell, so to speak. Right. So if I'm using if, um, like I I hire you, John, to provide me security services. Yep. And to, to provide those services, you hire some contractors, then you, you'll fall into it. Yep. But um, if you're just trying to get um, some security for your own business, yep. so you're not part of the regime because you're not providing services on behalf of a client. Right. Okay. Now, what if I am a security contractor? Do I fall under this? If I don't provide services to, oh, sorry, if, if I'm a security company that you know subcontracts to company A, do I have to report my activity? Do I have to say I'm subcontracting? These are the payments that I've received, or is it only from the top down, not from the bottom yeah, up? Yeah, it's from the top down. So the thing that you would have to worry about is just make sure that you report all your income. Right. So that's that's probably what we're after. The end game is that if people uh, voluntarily do the right thing, which most people do, that's what we're after. It's just the small pop, uh, proportion of people that don't. It goes back to your question about the broader impact on on society. Um, that, that's what we're after. Right. Okay. Now, obviously, you know, it, it's hard to sort of encapsulate all of this in a, a short podcast, but if people are still unsure of what they need to do or they want more information about what they need to do, where do we find out about more of this? Uh, the first place I would go to is our website. So, ato.gov.au um, backslash TPA. And there's a whole host of different categories, different pieces of information. And then if, if that doesn't uh, suffice, you can follow some of those links um, to, to contact us. But in the first instance, I'll, I'll go to that. And if you have a, a tax professional, BAS agent, bookkeeper, etc., a tax agent, 
I, I, I would ask them as well if if that's what you normally would do. Uh, those are the two avenues I would go start with. Yeah, and obviously, if you're talking to your tax agent or your bookkeeper or whatever it may be, and they're like TPA, what's TPA? Then that's obviously something that they need to get onto. Yeah, and I think for your audience, I would assume that majority of them are in the industry. And I think from a simple perspective, if you're in the industry uh, and you uh, use contractors to provide a service for a client, you would be caught in that um, yep. to to make the you know the whole the whole technical distinction a little bit easier. Um, then you just look at what are your options in terms of lodging. Yep. Now, one last question for you, but it's probably a, a, a big ball of twine to try and unravel. <laughs> this industry, the security industry, the surveillance and the investigations, actually, I've got a couple of questions. I lied. It's not one more. So one of the things that I guess a lot of people who are listening to this are going to be asking, because a huge part of the security market is the sale and installation of alarms. Now, the sale of alarms is one thing because we understand that that's uh, you're probably going to be exempt from TPAS, but the installation of alarm systems, installation in big buildings, systems integration, that kind of thing, they're part of the security market. Are they subject to TPAS as well? So the, the sale and installation of alarms is um, not considered what they call relevant supply. So for the purposes of uh, TPRS, um, that is not part of um, a reporting requirement. Um, just supplying installing security device uh, doesn't amount to providing a security or undertaking a surveillance or investigation. However, uh, alarm monitoring and crowd control services as like a byproduct of that um, would be considered right. part, of, part of the reporting requirement. Okay, I noticed you've got a list there that you were just going off then. Let's go through that list. Let's talk about who's actually involved in this scheme so All there's right. no ambiguity. Lucky, lucky I'm prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So I mentioned locksmithing, burglary uh, protection, alarm monitoring and response, uh, armoured car service, night watch service, crowd event or venue control, bodyguard or close personal protection, uh, security guard services. Um, the, the stuff that um, might be worthwhile to, to mention that um, is not included yep. is um, police services, um, right. routine record of police checks, uh, surveillance of country borders, um, academic or market uh, research, uh, manufacture, retail, installation, maintenance or repair fire alarm systems. So right. there's a distinction between you might be in the industry where you're, you're manufacturing items opposed to providing the services, yep. security investigative services, yep. um, and key cutting and duplication services so that, that wouldn't fall under um, a reporting okay. requirement. And is this something that if a company's unsure they can ring the ATO and check and say, this is what we do. Do we need to be a part of this scheme? Yep, you can. So uh, you can call the, the, the call centre, but um, the first thing I'd do, I'd check. We have this list on our yep. website and then we do have our contact emails as well um, yep. that people can, where there's a, a trickier situation, yep. you can go there or, or obviously ask your tax professional as well. And you raise a good point in that T TPRS seems quite simple at a high level. But yep. it is it's very nuanced and you know, not all businesses are the same. Yep. So it's it's not easy to, to have one statement that covers everything. Yep. So you've got to look at your own business circumstances, what you do and, and think through, I guess, what services you provide. So you mentioned before the integrated services is a difficult one where um you may be doing a number of things. Yeah. So you just gotta work out what percentage of it you know, is in and, and what is out. Now, this is sometimes a somewhat, you know, interesting industry to work in in that i might be aware of company b 
who is paying cash payments to a whole bunch of people, which they're probably not reporting on TPARs, there are going to be people listening to this thinking, great, is this now a mechanism for me to dob in all of those companies that I know are doing the wrong thing? I'm going to preempt your answer, and you correct me if I'm wrong by saying this is not designed to be a vexatious reporting system. Correct, correct. So this is not designed to um, yeah, be an avenue where people can, can dob in. This is just trying to leverage off um, normal practices that people have in terms of getting information and invoices, but just providing it to us as well. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's for businesses. It's really just you helping, I guess, um, the broader community and provide the, the information that you already have on, on the contractors. Now, this may be a question that you possibly can't answer because it's a different part of the ATO and it's a big organisation. But if people are aware of contractors who aren't doing the right thing, who aren't reporting income or who aren't reporting payments or whatever it may be, who do they talk to about that? Oh, we have. Um, I don't have the exact details on the top of my head, but if, if, we, if you go to the um, ATO website, there are um, different uh, dobbing lines that you can... Well, I wouldn't call them dobbing lines, but um, people yep. can communicate with their ATO um, in, on people who they think that aren't um, doing the right thing. Yep. Okay. And if I'm, uh, again, this probably isn't part of the system, but if I'm a, a contracting company and I have contractors working for me and I have reasonable suspicion that they're not reporting the payments that I'm giving them, is that my legal obligation to report that or is that their problem? I'm filling out the TPAR's report, you know, my annual report. I'm saying, hey, I'm open and honest. I'm reporting all of the money that I'm giving to this contractor. What he does with it is his or her problem. That's a really, really interesting question. I think, um, you know, legally uh, you would be correct. But I would, I would say that um, one of the things that we are encouraging is to, for businesses to think about, like, are those the people that you want to employ? Yep. You know, if you do have the option and you don't think that they're necessarily fulfilling all their obligations, I think there is a question of, do you still want to be in, um, having an employment contract with them of any sort? So yep. that, that's how I would, uh, I, would think, I would have thought about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, what's that uh, website again for the ATO TPARS scheme, Marcus? ato.gov.au backslash TPAR, T-P-A-R. Fantastic. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I know it has been a, uh, a short one today, but we just wanted to make sure that we got that message out there. It's important for everyone to understand what's going on. So if you have any questions, make sure you look up the website. And of course, if you want to know more about ASIAL Podcast, the ASIAL Security Insider Podcast, you can go to www.asial.com.au. You can also find this podcast on Google, iTunes, Spotify, uh, all the other great places where podcasts live. And we look forward to speaking to you again next time and hope you enjoy the rest of your week.